Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypnobirthing Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back. Welcome to episode 8 of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed my previous episode which was an interview with a birth partner. I had some really lovely comments on it and I also just want to say thank you to anyone who has got in touch with me about the podcast and who has said that it's helped them or um, that it's made them interested in hypnobirthing. Honestly it's the reason I do it so thank you to anyone who has contacted me. I really appreciate it. Today's episode is going to be all about birth plans. So this, I don't mean, I don't know if controversial is the right word because it's not really very controversial, but people do have some opinions on birth plans. So that's why I wanted to do an episode on it because it is actually quite important and we do talk about it on a hypnobirthing course as well why they're important but I wanted to run through some of the reasons here for you and it's not going to be in any great detail because obviously you will get all of that on a hypnobirthing course but I want to outline the reasons why birth plans are very important. The best way I like to explain a birth plan is to compare it to a wedding. If you're planning a wedding uh, it's a very special day and you might spend months even years planning the perfect day you plan every detail you plan a contingency for what happens if it rains you know if you're due to get married outside you need a contingency plan for if it rains because you know great british weather we cannot count on it so you will think about all of these things and you will plan them and you will be excited about it so that you have a day that goes as smoothly as possible and that is everything you want Giving birth is also a very important day in your life and a day that you will remember forever, much like a wedding day. And so it seems a little bit crazy that people don't sit down and think about what they want from that day. A lot of people, and I hear it a lot in teaching, a lot of people just kind of wing it and they say, I didn't want to think about it too much. You know, I thought if I didn't think about it, it'd be okay. Well, I like that idea and it sounds like maybe that's a nice idea, but In reality, it's not going to work. It doesn't work that way. You wouldn't just turn up on your wedding day without doing any planning and just hope that it is a day that you want and it goes how you want. And as with weddings, you know, things do sometimes go wrong on the day and that's okay. You've planned it, you can deal with it. And it's the same with birth. If things go astray from your plan during birth, that's okay. You can deal with it and you can have another option which you would have written into your plans. That's my biggest comparison that I make between them. That It seems crazy that we don't plan this day that we remember forever. A birth plan really is just writing down what you do want and what you don't want from your labour. So some examples of things you might want are you might want lights dimmed, you might want your own music to be playing, a don't want, you might not want to be lying on your back, you might not want an epidural. So they're just some examples of things that people put into their birth plans. Women are often kind of discouraged from making birth plans and I definitely had comments made to me when I was pregnant with my first daughter about birth plans that was basically well you don't stick to it so what's the point? There's no point having a birth plan because you're just not going to stick to it. It goes out the window. I hear that a lot and yes Birth definitely can be unpredictable, I agree. It is. It can be unpredictable and you can't control it. You cannot control birth, we know this. But the problem with not having any kind of plan, any kind of wants from your labour, is that you just then make yourself passive and your birth experience and these key decisions that need to be made throughout labour then just become someone else's job. So it might be your caregiver that then is kind of in charge and 
is the one that is making these decisions for you rather than you. So you are then passive in your own birth. And I hear it a lot as well, but people say they feel like birth happened to them, that they didn't really have a part in it. It just happened to them. And I think if you don't make a plan, if you don't have much idea about the things you do want and the things you don't want, then that is a real danger that you will leave that experience feeling like it just happened. Someone else was making all these decisions. Birth happened to me. And so that's why it is quite important to sit down and plan and not just go with the flow because it's an important day and you want to feel happy with it afterwards and empowered afterwards and by planning and by gathering as much knowledge and doing as much research as you can that is how you end up feeling empowered. The other really important part of a birth plan is that it means you're taking the time to sit down um, to sit down with your birth partner perhaps and talk through and think through the things that really matter to you because obviously some things will matter to you but they won't matter to somebody else so you want to sit down and think about what you want you know do you want a home birth or do you want a hospital birth do you want to use the birth pool do you want an epidural are you interested in the other pain relief options or perhaps you don't want any pain relief maybe you absolutely don't want an episiotomy or forceps or a vaginal exam you can write these things on your birth plan they're big big things during my hypnobirthing course I talk obviously quite a lot about birth plans and actually we don't uh, tend to call them birth plans we call them birth preferences because I think when you call them birth plan it puts quite a lot of pressure on them you know that is your plan you've got to stick to your plan whereas if they're birth preferences it's just sort of like well these are the things I want to happen ideally if a b and c are all in line then this is the stuff I want and they're kind of there for for an ideal situation basically so I think preferences is perhaps a better term for it it does definitely take the pressure away from it a bit we also talk a bit about how you should actually have different sets of preferences. So you have kind of your your main, you know, your set A. Um, this is my plan A. And this is what happens, yeah, if everything is going perfectly and exactly how I want it, these are the things I want. But as we know, in birth, um, you know, sometimes circumstances change. And when circumstances change, choices change. And so that's why it's really worth thinking about what you might want in a situation where, you know, perhaps you've been at home, you have been wanting a home birth, but for some reason you need to transfer in. It's definitely worth thinking about what you would want if you had to transfer in. You know, do you want dimmed lights in the hospital room? Do you want music? Do you want to be able to stay as upright as possible? That would be kind of a plan B scenario. If the option of being at home is no longer an option, then what do you want? Equally, it's worth thinking about what you would want if a caesarean becomes necessary. And again, it's something that people don't want to think about. But it's definitely worth thinking about what you might want if that does happen. There are various things they can do during a caesarean. They do gentle caesareans now, which might be an option. So things like they can dim the lights at your head. They can't dim them down where they're cutting you, but they can dim them at your head maybe. Or they can do delayed cord clamping they can do immediate skin to skin things like that it's worth thinking about what you would want if you were in that situation obviously these their preferences this is what we call them preferences so they aren't always possible depending on the situation you're in but if you have written them down they're far more likely to happen than if you don't they're far more likely to stick to what you write down because they know that's what you want birth plans also really need to be succinct so 
keep them precise and short because your midwife is very busy um, and she doesn't necessarily have the time to sit and read a really long birth plan. So just keep them to the point, keep them as bullet points um, of just what you do and don't want. I have actually on my website a template which is quite handy, you can download it, it's just on the blog section of my website but I'll actually leave a link in the um, description of this podcast. But it basically just has kind of what I do want, what I don't want, what I want if I end up having a cesarean. And they're kind of, they're just precise and succinct and kind of you can look at them at a glance and know what that person wants. Also, I would recommend making a few copies of your um, birth plan as well. So keeping a copy with your notes, keeping a copy perhaps in your hospital bag, you know, perhaps having another spare copy somewhere, maybe at home if you're at home, but definitely have a few copies. Also handy for if uh, your midwife changes shift, so you have another midwife come in, uh, they can see as well. So yeah, definitely make a few copies and have them kind of to hand as well. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's been quite a short episode, but I feel like I've covered kind of the main points that I wanted to get across about birth plans, really, in that they are important. So if someone's telling you, well, don't, because you won't stick to it anyway, I just would ignore that because they're important and you need to take the time to sit down and think about what it is you want, because when you do that, that you're more likely to get it than if you just wing it. I honestly, I hear a lot of stories of people who just, who just wing it and it doesn't ever go how they want it to go. So just write it down, talk to your birth partner about it, make sure everyone's on the same page and just go for it. My next episode is actually going to be talking about inductions. So this is quite a hot topic actually, inductions, and I I won't obviously go into detail now about it, but I will talk a lot about it on my next episode. Um, But I'm going to talk about how hypnobirthing can help with an induction, as well as lots of information about whether or not they're actually necessary. And there's some pretty shocking stats actually on inductions and the reason that people are induced. So I want to question how necessary they are. And it's something, again, that we talk about in hypnobirthing quite a lot. So that is going to be episode nine, which will be out two weeks today. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and I will see you soon.